Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person. And that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Heather McGlasson is here with us today. And she is a four-time published author in the area of health and wellness, obviously our scene, broad-spectrum impact artist, Okay, this is really, just that was like what got me. I was like, impact. Okay, impact artist Heather McGlasson's lifetime mission has been to create and support safe spaces for people to self-explore and evolve, right? Now, fully armed and over a decade of transformative certifications, I'm familiar with this, just like list all the letters. It's just like, okay, HHP, RMT, LNLP, HT, CP, yep, they go on and on and on and on, other degrees. The point is, she's a studier, she's a learner, she's an implementer, she's a digester, um, she's, she is a walking <laughs> journey of learning, and now finds herself in a huge shifting transition. Raise your hand. Anybody else? Anyone else finding themselves in a huge shifting transition? We'll get into that. As she steps out vulnerable and naked onto the precipice overlooking a vast chasm of deep exploration of her shadow self and humanity. 
She invites others to show up where they are right now in the imperfect messiness of what it means to be human, to be a human phoenix, and together, fly. Welcome, Heather. Hi. Um, <laughs> so excited to have you be here with us today. I I just, I really am, you know, we do have a mutual friend, uh, those people, Emerald Peaceful Green Forest episode way back in the early days of Vagina Talks, dropping some mad, talk about Phoenix, mad, vulnerable, bold sharing on that episode. And, uh, and she was telling me about, she was telling me about the work you do, Heather, and I lost my mind. I was like, what? This is the best. This is the best. I need to know everything. I need to know this woman. I need to see it in action. I want to be part of it. Just tell me everything. So I'm really, really excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Sophia. I appreciate that. And thank you, Emerald, if you hear this. Uh, she is a really an amazing woman, as you well know. And she is one of the muses that I'm featuring out of 100 muses in this project that I'm doing that really has been evolving on several levels. Uh, first and foremost, I needed something really juicy to sink my teeth into as I do step out onto that precipice and start to explore what it's like to be an artist, like full-time career. My kids are almost grown. One's turning 20, the other just turned 17. She's an artist too. So I get to provide that model of like what is possible. And so I, I like to go a little too far sometimes. So, you know, aim to go too far. That's, you know, aim for perfection, settle for excellence. And it sounds like you are a past perfectionist. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. And so another evolution inside of this is living inside of the possibility of both being in command and being in surrender mm. at the same time. Yes. I get chills when I say it because it's not something I could have conceived a couple years ago. Being in command and surrender at the same time. Doesn't sound possible, does it? I mean, you're talking to someone who's like real into it. Like stuff as soft and as strong as I need to be the constant love I'm here to be. Like that which appears contrary is inherently not contrary. It is just absolutely an invitation for us to expand the way in which we perceive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I love that. That's it's so resonant for where I am right now in in my own self, in my vision, in my work, in my love, in my lovemaking, in my relationship with my health and my own body. Like what is it to be in command, to be in autonomy, to be in power, right? And to surrender, to be receptive, to be in relationship, to be um, at ease, to be relaxed. Um, yeah, right? It does. It's like very, it appears very contrary about what we've been taught about what those things are, right? Yeah, it so does seem contrary. It's expanding those. I've been uh, involved in teaching boundary management skills for the past two years inside of um, a vehicle called Cuddle Party, which just puts a little more skin in the game. Though it's a non-sexual environment, asking somebody for what you want or how you want to interact with them feels so personal. And so when you have to reject someone or you get rejected or something like just say, we don't say rejection, um, but if somebody says no to you, you know, how do you receive that? And 
How do you also say no when you feel inside of your body that this is not in alignment with your yes? And so I've been teaching those skills. And what we've learned is that when you create solid boundaries, you feel safety in being able to play all the way to the edges of them. All the way. So then you can surrender to the inside of that container, but you're in command of where those boundaries are. So it is possible. I love it. I love it. It's really, I, I, I just had this experience. I had maybe, I mean, there's no need to compare, right? But my own evolution of things. I had next level fucking sex last night. Like next fucking level fucking. Like so, so much weeping, so much healing in the middle of fucking and being like, okay, stop, hold me. And then being like, I have to get on the floor and just like on the floor, weeping, feeling these waves of release coming out of me, feeling these stories coming out of me, feeling these trauma shakes coming out of me. And then after that, right, um, which I can even back up around that, where that came from was saying no's changing my mind and having them be so well received. Wow. Having them be so well received, I just expanded and passed through all this trauma that was like holding of navigating was just like falling off of me, just falling off of me. And I'm there. And then the most amazing thing that happened is how open I was after, right? Like the pleasure that then came when it was like this, like weeping, it was like the game didn't end after I like had all of this like catharsis and shedding. It was just, it's the, in the middle of it, like wave after wave after wave of just this exactly what we we're talking about of like playing, no, having that, like this feels good. I don't want to do this. This does feel good. And having all of that be so well, having it be so well and having it be so wanted was mm -hmm. so, um, peacemaking in my whole being and uh and and the part that really I think has me today kind of in almost a deep ponderance is this recognition of literally the sensation that I could feel not just inside my body but in my heart and in my face like literally the way that the tissue literally the way that the tissues opened and I could feel sensation after which is not an unfamiliar experience. And yet in terms of healing, right. This like, you know, that like I have a big release and then it's like really easy to be close, but to have that be so to have the, the, the feedback loop be so close together, the positive feedback loop of just being like, say no, have it be well respond, have a massive healing catharsis because I wasn't re-traumatized. Right. So there's more space for the trauma to come out because it's safe. Right. And then it comes out and then there's this wholeness and then there's this whole new territory that that can relax and open and feel good. That's amazing. And safe is really the key word. Having somebody hold that safe space for you to rewire. Yeah. Um, sounds like you had a lot of rewiring that you are involved in doing. And and I, I really hope for you to have that over and over and over again. And oh, just for make sure. it normal, right? Oh, it's super. Right. Yeah. It is, and it is, it is super normal. And yes, like more and more normal and like more, just yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I accept. Yes. Yes. I don't need to like make myself. Yes. Yeah. I'll yes. I have what she's having. <laughs> I really, that was my, I had a major fucking healing. Well, we know that. I just talked about that. But one of the things that happened actually was, oh, let's see if I can, 
if I can go there and tell this medicine story right now. So, so yeah. All right. I'm going to go there. I'm going to, so I'm going to go there. So we're there. Um, this was after I was like on the floor and just like, you know, and, and one of the things that I was in that space was I was like weeping and I was asking for what I wanted. So I wanted to hear. And I was like, tell me my pain isn't too much for you. Tell me I'm, tell me my grief isn't too heavy to bear. Tell me it's not painful for you to be near me when I'm in pain. Like I wanted to hear these things and I asked and they said them and I asked and they said them and just waves just like falling off, falling off, falling off. I was like, tell me it's not my fault. Like listed all the people, like the family members and the ex-lovers and the business choices. Like tell me I didn't just fuck it all up, right? Like this like deep grief of just like, like this burden, these like burdens, you know? And so just like asking and then let like letting it land. And this is, I think, this is the part that I really invite people to practice um, is the way that I could ask for what I want. And then I let it in. I didn't, I didn't fight it. You know, I didn't say like, I don't believe you. It was like, if I needed to hear it again, I asked to hear it again. It's like my, my job, right? This is the command that you're talking about is, is my job is to, it's like, ask for what I want. And then when it's the surrender, the surrender and the command is to let it in, to like, let it in, to let it change me, to be be in my power of, of vulnerability and, and change. So all this happens, I'm saying all these things, I'm in this deep place where, which is like, and then have these deep waves, who knows about time, space, order of things. But at another point in another round, we're making love and there's penetration inside. And I'm like, okay, really still, like just like really still and quiet. And I was doing movement that was very much inside my own body and, um, and very like subtle and very, um, what I was talking about, I could feel like literally the tissues, which is just like a familiar thing of like a lot of body work where it's like when the tissues open up, they then have different sense, like they sense differently. And so I could literally feel the inside of my body in a different way. So these like subtle movements, I was just like, I could feel all this territory that I hadn't felt either before or in a very long time. And so, and I was this, I was just focused on, on listening to my body and then I had this very kind of um, unwrapping from the inside and like full body kind of climax, like had this like kind of rippling and opening. And then I opened my eyes. Well, I was had my eyes open a lot. And I had this moment kind of after this like very intense, like shuddering sequence. And I felt this like energy being like poured into me. And I looked at my lover and I said, are you doing that on purpose? Are you like doing that on purpose? And they kind of made this face and they were like, yeah, like I, yes, yes. Like, I, you know, and it's like one of those, we talked about it later and it was like, was it, did I mean on purpose? Did we, they were like, <laughs> what they said to me is like, I was conscious that it was happening, <laughs> right? That this like flood, but there was this experience they had of, of that their body was a funnel, that there was this like energy coming in and through. And in that moment, I could really feel the way that I had in my quiet, deep listening in my body been pulling, like it was a calling. I was asking and there was this like gathering. And then this is kind of coming back to what you just said. And then I asked that, they said, 
you know, yes, essentially. And then I think both of us kind of surrendered again, had this command and a surrender combination of being like, this is what's happening. I'm conscious, I'm conscientious, and I'm allowing, I'm choosing to participate and, and to allow it. And what happened was up from my root, this pulse, this like singular wave pulse moved up kind of through my cervix, my uterus, my abdomen, my heart. And there were all these gates, all these talking about safety, all these lockdown protective spaces. And I knew in that moment that it was from all the abuse that I kind of endured at my times and places and even and and simultaneously the abuse that I have held space for and witnessed for other people, the amount of, you know, I tell people I'm blessed to have heard people's rape stories. That's really, I understand that, that that's a real actual, like a, a, a blessing and a gift, a tough one at times. And I could feel the way in which I resonated my own body, my own witch wounds, my own hunting, as well as all these people that I've witnessed. And it was the surge that came up through my heart, up through my throat, up through my face. And it was this wave. And what I said to them is, I want everybody to be touched and felt like, like feel like this, like this is the way we're supposed to be with each other. Like this is wellness and I felt this healing and so when you talk about that like kind of like you know I want what she's having and that feeling of my whole prayer last night was like everybody have it (laughs) like please like please because the it is is like it's it wasn't just this thing that like this person didn't give me this thing I didn't it wasn't like it, it wasn't it's not this uh horizontal exchange between two people it's this like vertical cosmic space that we're then sharing in, you know, like the experience that I had of like wanting God's love to fill me and then having the divine essence come through me and heal everything that wasn't that. And then have somebody be with me and be like, yeah, that is what just happened and have that healing in them. Right. This like parallel fuck medicine. (laughs) (laughs) Medicine. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. So that's, that's the story. I'm told today on <laughs> Jug Talks. Thanks. No, that's awesome. I wish for everybody in the world to have an experience like that where they have something so beautiful, such a, a wave of self-healing, self-love, just push everything that doesn't belong outside yes. that space. Mm. Just push it out. It doesn't belong there anymore. We've already got the lesson. Yes. You know, we got the lesson. We can let it go now. Um, and that's actually a huge component of the human Phoenix project is not necessarily the art. That's my learning. The art is my journey. Yeah. Can oh. we back up a little bit just cause I didn't oh. explain anything. Like I don't think people know what impact art is or your right. Phoenix human project. So, um, so I want to hear, I want to hear right. what you're, I just, wherever you want to start back in. And I want to give people so a little we, context. I was jumping into the juiciness. I, I needed know, I, something juicy to use as a focal point to be able to be- develop as a career artist. And, um, in the past I, I wrote a book here. I got a picture. Ta-da! Yay. A book that was published in 2012, which is backwards, of course, on the screen, (laughs) is called Happiness on Tap, about how to rock what you got in life. It was pretty much all the knowledge I had of holistic health practitioner work, um, everything from the healing of breathing, drinking water, laughing, visualization, like everything I knew at that time went into that book. And of course, you know, this is what, like 
eight, seven years later, and I've grown since then too. But it was a really good launching point into the exploration of how the mind works, how we create our own meanings when we start as young kids and teenagers, and that it's not always us that are um, creating those meanings, but we're adopting meanings from other people as well. And the interesting thing around that is my project then adopted the same theme. Mm. So even no, I'm not writing. I'm writing a book, but it's actually not mostly my words. It's other people's words, and we'll get into that. But this concept of we grow up and we create meanings. We're meaning-making masterpieces. That's what I like to say about human beings. We are the mm. universe's meaning-making masterpieces. Mm. Give me a challenge. Give me a trauma. Give me something that happened, a fact, in my life, your life, whoever's life, and I can put all sorts of meaning into why that happened, what my part was, what it meant, all of that stuff. And the interesting thing is we can suffer from or we can remember something that was a rape and we have a story when we're young about it. And then when we're in our 20s, it all of a sudden morphs. And now our story has shifted into what it means to us now. Right. And then another 10 years go by, another 20 years goes by, and it's now shifted into what that story means to us now. And it's amazing that this exact same event, the exact same data, facts, figures, you can't change those things in black and white, keep shifting meaning for us and what we get from those things. So, um, and you, I know you want to hear about the art, um, but I mean, really whatever. Art, <laughs> built on the concept. And so if I take you through the concept, then you'll understand the art a lot more. Um, and I'll do it the brief in a nutshell, emphasis on nut. Um, <laughs> and I do the whole thing in layers because how do you paint somebody's journey? Mm. You, and I didn't used to understand what the heck abstract art was all about. If it wasn't literal and I could draw a picture and make it look just like the picture. And people thought, ooh, you're an artist, you're skilled. But it doesn't take a lot of skill for somebody who has good hand-eye coordination to duplicate a picture and make it exact. For me, how I defined art was, how do I create something out of almost nothing? How do I draw from memory? And then I started studying the concept of abstract art. And, it's all, and even inside of that world, abstract artists will view it differently. So I had to make it up for myself. I had to create my own meaning around it. But I needed a solid playground because that was the way I would feel safe. If I could create a container and know where my edges are, then I could play in it and let go and enter into flow mm. and flow of that. So I created a metaphor that I could easily step into and use. So we look at these. I decided to focus on a single word. I heard you say something earlier, and I'd love, of course, to use part of your experience. Um, and you and I shared this, this concept of control or over control, or let's say perfectionism. Can we play with the word perfectionism for a moment? Yeah. Um, so if I was to take that outside of myself and create a shadow out of it, it doesn't really belong to me, but it's a piece of my history. It's some of the meaning that I put into there. And it's the perfectionist. It's the perfectionist version of little Heather and needing things to be a certain mm, way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's that pre-anticipation pre that's not necessarily going to reach it. So it's like pre-failure or something like that. Yeah. Um, and mm. I have a conversation with this, and I call that kind of the dance. 
you know, having this shadow dance with this piece of myself. And I, and I say, Hey, perfectionist, um, can you get over yourself so I can just move forward, please? You know, that would be the, the very abbreviated version of masking my, <laughs> my business to do. It's like, can you please write to your fear? Can yeah. you please write to that, have a conversation with that sense of you that feels unworthy, unloved, not enough, too much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's all of these things, and we each hold components of all of them. Yeah. So I asked somebody, I would love for you to pull out something for you that's still present that you may actually um, relate to other people that follow you or that you teach or you hold space for and facilitate. Pull out that piece of you. Show up raw, mm. vulnerable, and, and let us feel the visceralness of your engagement with that piece of you that may have been really strong in the past, but over time you've changed the relationship that you've had with that part of you. And I want to see what that looks like in a conversation, what I termed the dear shadow letter. Hmm. And they send, I recently got one that was 900 words long. I'm going to have to have him trim it down. But up to like 500 words, I get the most beautiful pieces of writing and the most amazing experiences that people have had going through this. I don't call myself a coach anymore. I used to do that in a college um, I like much better being a navigator or holding space for people to do the work on their own. Yeah. They get to own it. I just get to put the prompt out there and do a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of hand holding to get them started. Yeah. Um, I trust my muses to do self-care, to ground themselves, to mm -hmm. take themselves through the process. And what they come up with is so magical mm -hmm. that it makes my job easy. Yeah. And after the next questions that you have for me, I'll share with you what my job is after they've done all the work. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Um, can you just, cause I, this was part of what happened for me. I like have two things coming out. I want to come back to the part where you're like, this is the heart of the human Phoenix project. And I just want to say one of the things that caught my attention was, um, it was just this summer that I was at a at a like a bachelorette weekend and um one of my friends there had this beautiful buffalo flogger and so we um so I had never really engaged with uh flogging before and I always kind of imagined it as being uh painful I guess with you know like you know that would make sense as an association that we've been told um but I um, saw it and I saw that there was something else happening. We were, there was just kind of, it was like very casual late night hangout, like, you know, like a, a little bit of a burner vibe. And, um, and, uh, and a friend of mine, um, I was like, can I try it? And so she showed me a couple things, kind of gravity. And she said, try it on your own self first. And, and especially the, you know, what I've learned kind of since then too, is the Buffalo hide is thick and it's heavy. And so there's this like thuddy, um, kind of weight contact to it that I was like, oh my, oh my God, like old friend. Like it was just like, I was such, I had such relief. I was like, oh my gosh. And the body worker in me had this really big wave of being like, this is a tool that I need sometimes. Like, you know, Topodiment is, is, is the, is the name of the, you know this, but Topodiment is the name of the body um, technique that is the tapping. Like when we think of like, you know, and that's, 
for those of you who listening who don't know, when I went to massage school, they said, on the test, they're going to ask you, what's the deepest kind of body work you can do? And you're going to answer like pressure point, like deep tissue, trigger point, like whatever the options are in that realm, that like pushing is going to be what you're going to tell them. There's like, but you should know, actually, the deepest is topodement, is vibration, that when you vibrate the muscle, it go, it's the deepest. I mean, it kind of depends on what we're looking at, because it goes from attachment to attachment it will it essentially massages the whole muscle body. And so there's a way that vibration moves the, the depth of our being. And so so meeting this flogger, I was like, this is this like tapping, this kind of weight and this kind of tapping, as well as the stimulus, as well as the animal medicine of the hide, as well as the um, the air. I mean, there's so many else. So I just fell, I was like, okay, I don't need to keep going. But I just, I just fell in love with this tool. I was like, I've been waiting my whole life. And I have this deep understanding that um, as the medicine practices were hunted out and like, you know, tried to get hunted out and like colonized, what happened was these practices got broken into pieces and the medicine has, has been hidden in different cultures. So the medicine practices that are high intensity impact medicine practices kind of got, uh, what's the word, not correlated into, um, kind of stashed in the like BDSM world. Right. And then the like meditation contemplative practices got stashed in the like meditation contemplative, like religious or mystic world. And then the practices that were plants got stashed in the like underground herbal world, but like forgetting that like medicine people knew how to like hit you with leaves hit you with plants, <laughs> right? In a way that stimulates circulation or work with animal medicine, like people making paintings of animals as a way to invoke those spirits also know how to build tools that are also the meditation that's ringing the bell or ringing a rattle. That there's like all these different medicines that we like, that we like took underground and hid in these certain ways. And so when I met the flogger, I was like, oh, this is another one of the tools that got that, that, that has been underground and kept safe in secret societies, essentially. And that were part part of this phoenix, as I resonate with that, for me, this phoenix rising, this medicine caller rising that's happening is this reclamation and destigmatizing of these different aspects. Like, you know, looking at plant medicine, it's like drugs, right? Drugs. It's like, okay, sure. But like, no, not if you're having a medicine relationship with it or like flogging, like, oh, that's like kinky. And it's like, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. But like, also if it's like relaxing and helping release tension, then like, isn't that relaxing and releasing tension? So I really wanted to talk about flogging. So, and I just, (laughs) I, I got so excited with your correlation between hearing people's stories and then telling those stories and, 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 and the intensity of impact that, that contact, that that was my experience. And I grew up doing live action role playing, like foam swords and, you know, fantasy adventures. And it was this huge epiphany that I had this year. I've been doing that since I was 11. And it was at 34 and a half. I was like, oh, of course I like impact toys. I spent my entire youth running full speed with like foam weapons at my friends and like getting hit. Like my whole, this has been a joy point for me for a long time. I don't know why this is like news to me, but I was so shocked that this was like a relaxing, pleasurable thing to do. Um, It can be. I like the way you said um, release um, pressure or or what did you say? It was, yeah, say again. Tension. Oh yeah, relieving tension. And I actually use that metaphorically as well. But since we're on the um, subject of the floggers, that's of course what inspired me to start using that style 
for painting. I was actually watching a session of impact play with a friend of mine. Um, and it was just playful, you know, it was, and everybody wants a different thing when they ask somebody to, to work with them. Sometimes it's psychological. Sometimes it's like you're challenging yourself physically and pushing yourself to your absolute edge of pain. Like if you can take it right there in that moment, you can handle anything else right. that life can throw at you. I mean, there's so much significance and that happens on a case by case basis for me. I went into like massive childlike joy watching like somebody get hit, which sounds mind blowing. You're like, wait, what? Huh? Um, because I wasn't seeing that fact that somebody was actually having impact happen on their body. I was seeing paintbrushes. <laughs> exploded. I'm like, oh, I need to figure out how to create like an amazing like metaphor and develop paintbrushes that would work in the same style on a canvas. Because have you ever seen somebody use two floggers at the same time? And they're oh. doing this like Florentine six point pattern thing. Well, I was actually a trained dancer and one of my disciplines was in Polynesian poibo dancing. So I already knew how to do those patterns. And I'm like, oh, I want to do this, but I want to make paintbrushes. <laughs> oh, so it, pieces. Um, and I don't attempt to think of everything and how a concept is going to form all at once. I gave that up forever ago. That's the perfectionism <laughs> puzzle. Instead, I just start listening for the uh -huh. clues that the universe mm. wants to give me. Mm. And of course, I have wonderful people in my, my innermost group that I can reflect with all the time. I go, oh, this is what just came to me and I'll share and I'll get feedback. And so the Human Phoenix Project really grew. It's been around for three years now. And it was about a year and a half before I actually put one of my custom made paintbrushes after many, many, many were tested to a, a canvas because there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of my perfectionist monsters mm. in there to go, what if, what if, what if it doesn't work? What if you waste paint? What if you smack yourself and it's just painful? What if, and then just like all this crazy what if, and I think really we only go into that, that sense of what if, that massive fear, when it's something that really matters to us. And <laughs> being an artist, and coming up with something that was like real and original and not copycat from a photograph for me was important to me. Mm. And so when this was like such a huge potential, it had such possibility. I wanted it. I wanted it too much. I wanted it too much to work so that it created that barrier, <gasps> created that fear to, and I have an amazing, funny story around it. I tell anybody who's ready to do a tour of my impact studio. So we're standing outside. I'll tell them how long on the day that everything was set up. I had a pop-up tent ready. I had plastic all over this thing because I thought the mess was going to be humongous. I had these big, huge trays of paint because I thought it was going to take a ton of paint. I had made these two um, floggerts, is what I originally called my paintbrushes, <laughs> um, with all these little tendrils of surgical tubing, which we found out worked wonderful. Um, but I had it all ready to go. 
in the way that I thought was going to make the magic happen. And I had picked out some pretty inferior materials because I didn't want to spend too much money on something that I was just for sure was going to be crap. (sighs) But I was going to do it anyway just to get it done the first time. Yeah. And even with the concept that this was going to be a throwaway exercise, that this was going to be crap, it still took me half of the day to get started. Uh Uh-huh. And both my partners were with me and they were around just to kind of hold my hand and hold that space for me to begin. And at one point, one of them says, hey, uh, honey, um, do you want to take a break and go have dinner? <laughs> you know, the sun's going down. We'd set up extra lighting and everything. Um, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me just let's put on some music. I need the right music because as a dancer, everything was about the music and the mood and the energy that it would that I could be in to to make things move forward. Mm. Uh, and, and also was trained from that that position of it, when you're a performer, when that curtain opens, you don't think about anything else, yeah. no nerves, nothing. You just perform. So I was doing my best to create that container, uh-huh. right? That container that would make everything automatic and magical. And at the same time, I've got cameras set up. <laughs> I want to like document everything. So I'm both making it hard and easy at the same time because if it did work, (sighs) Sophia, that it, that it would work. I wanted to make sure I captured that. Yeah. So I think like it was, I don't remember four to six hours. I probably have it like all written down on a log. I finally got in. The music was going, the cameras were going and I just started and as most artists will tell you, we could probably work on a square inch of paper making dots for like hours and be happy. So it wasn't the fact that the layers were coming on very slowly and and because I'd have to dip and then work and then dip and then work and then dip and then work. It was cathartic oh. to me. And I was living through my shadow of not good enough. I was so afraid that what I was about to do was just not going to cut it. It was not good enough. I wasn't good enough to be a professional artist. I wasn't, you know, yeah, I could totally cry about this. Um, and I'm with you. It turned out amazing. I didn't make a mistake <laughs> myself. I didn't. It took a long time, but the layers went on and you could tell it was something. And so this growing bubbling up fire of excitement was happening. It was like, is this real? Is this really working? Is this happening? Is this how it's, I'm not hitting myself. Things aren't, you know, it's like, ah, it was crazy. And and then those two pieces, which were done on really inferior pieces of material, I had to keep them. I couldn't paint over them like I thought I would. I even, and because it was done with the flogger styled, you know, uh, implements, I decided to make a little frame out of shibari rope. <laughs> And and it now it went up in a gallery like two months later so that I could share that story and have it be the first piece representing the start of the Human Phoenix Project. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> For now, right? Ten years from now. <laughs> and later when it's really good and something else I'll be like, yeah, that first trial was crap. Never. I don't think so. No, that's I'm with you. Gorgeous. What a beautiful. I'm moved. I'm really deeply moved. You want to see? Um, actually, I have those pieces hanging up. You want me to grab one right now and show yeah. it to you? Yeah. Oh, well, your audience, this isn't a video. They're not going to see it. I know, huh? but if you can you send me? Yeah. 
Oh, pictures. totally. I'll send you pictures. I'll send you how I mounted them in the little poem that I wrote with a picture yeah, of me. Yeah, and we'll put it in our show notes. We'll put a Next. link. So, we'll yeah, I'll put it in there. It'll be on my website. We'll have a link. And they were in my first gallery show that I just did last weekend, two weekends ago. Uh, was my very first um, gallery show a year and a half after I started. I've done like five different – no, I'm going on number six sessions, so six seasons. Um, three – no, this would be the – this is now going to be the fourth official one that belongs inside of the Human Phoenix Project. I did a couple that weren't part of it, but um, using that impact art style. And impact is a great word, isn't it? Ugh. Impact is so, it's not just about that physical. No. About the visceral. It's about the whole catharsis. And I step into a proxy. And I, if you've seen any of the videos, I don't know if you've seen videos of me actually painting but I have what I call the shadow dom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. That actually builds the first two layers of paint. That really is. Can I, can I share a little bit about each of these layers? Because they're absolutely chock full of meaning. And I have to make videos of everything because the layers get covered up. And you don't you miss half the process in the end product. Well, depending, it's, it's I feel like sensitive, the there's a, there's light, it's like the vibrational aspect is, is real. I think we're like all training ourselves out of discounting what we know to be true. Like when we look at a piece of art and, and we, we know we're feeling something that's more than just the visual, the, that, um, the vibrational aspect that comes, that's there. So I'm, I, and like, yes, all of it, share everything you want to share right now. I'm here for <laughs> well, it. That's the yeah. Well, um, first layer is truth. I mean, it's just everything we are, all that law, where we were born, our DNA, you know, our, our um, environment we were in growing up, just the, the raw facts, the data. And I represent that with black as if it's inked, typed out on paper in dense form. And so every canvas I start with has to be painted pure black. Mm. That has its own significance. You know, I almost, I think, in the future, I'm probably going to have like eight canvases and each of them actually shows. Yes. I just thought of that. So, you know, you held space for me to think about that. So I really appreciate that's a new piece of the puzzle. And Sophia, you were part of holding the space for that piece to drop in. So I want to say thank you for that officially. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that first is really important to know that everything starts from fact, from truth, and then comes the lie, and the lie is actually painted on with um, these metal claws that actually scratch a single word onto oh. the surface of the painting. Uh huh. Um, I can think of one. Oh, it's not behind me right now, but I had this one I loved doing. Um, her word was small. Oh. <laughs> I love your reaction. Uh huh. And. Ooh. It's because she'd always believed that she wouldn't amount to anything, and that, or she heard it from other people. But oh my gosh, the one of the most powerful people because she's so raw and so vulnerable in her power in how she shares and teaches and heals people. She's very much a healer. Ooh. That her piece, it was one of the first. I, I I download the name for each piece as well based on the journey. Um, they just come to me. And hers came right. I mean, I was done painting it, and I knew what the name of it was going to be, and it, it was Remember. Mm. Um, she'd suffered a brain injury that caused some short-term memory, but that wasn't why I called it Remember. I called it Remember because she needed to remember her truth. That raw data of who she is from universe, from power, from source. And um, she lives that. She shines that. 
And, and she's an absolute example of why I choose the people I choose to spotlight and highlight because learning about their stories makes you feel like you're not alone. Hmm. Their story is your story. And we're all, we all need to remember, we all need to remember our truth and remember the power that we are and that we were born with that is our birthright or that we choose whatever we choose. Okay. What was I talking about? Cause that was layers. <laughs> So black and then you small was yes, an example. I was that you used. to lie and I actually called that paintbrush the liar. Um, and it's 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 a pair it's a claw it's a metal claw and, and it scratches it on there. And then comes the challengers and these are four foot long um, floggerts made out of twelve tendrils of surgical tubing. Oh, four feet long. If I'm not careful, I will poke an eye out with this stuff. I have. Um, I told you about the shadow dom. The shadow dom wears full gear. I knew I would have to wear eye protection. And when I forget to wear eye protection, I suffer. I get paint in my eye. And there's been a couple times that I've forgotten and I and then teaches me not to forget. Uh-huh. Um, I also wear a face mask on the bottom because hitting yourself in the teeth is really not a good idea. Oh. Uh, rarely do I hit myself, but it's usually when I'm in flow. And right. so I have to hold that space that it could happen. And I have to create that safety around allowing myself to go that far. Yes. Yes. That. There's a pain I suffer from going that far. And I'm willing to go there to do it. I have, <laughs> I have arthritis in my hips because I have a lot of mileage on these dancer and gymnast hips of mine. And um, the week after I'm done painting, because it does take me a full week to pop out uh, 12 paintings, um, I'm on a cane. <laughs> mm. And I usually have to go get a few massages. I go see my chiropractor. And if I can afford it, I'll go see my, um, my muscle recalibration specialist who can blow any physical therapist out of the water. No offense to any physical therapist out there, but you need to learn his techniques. Um, and yeah, because I'll, I'll put everything out there. I will leave it all on the table mm. to do it because everybody's story is that important for me to get out there on that canvas and then tie in their dear shadow letter to it and then create that manuscript. So people could be reading their stories and feeling them as if they are their own. Mm. So that's only layer number three <laughs> out of eight. Um, the second one that's so those first paintbrushes are called the challengers because I am in that. I am a proxy for that person in that energy when they wake up, when they are now becoming aware and are on that road to enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, where they go, frick, I've been letting I've been allowing this to be my truth for too long. It's not true. Change this story. And first they have to combat the fact that that's not the truth. And so they face it head on. They face it head on and they start going, well, damn it. They get angry. They go through that that grieving process of knowing that I, I need to let that past go. I need to let that die. Mm-hmm. And I to rebirth myself into something that I decide that I choose for myself. And it's not an easy thing because we still have those feelings of, of like, I'm not good enough. I, I hate myself because I'm not living up to who I think I should be, or everybody told me I should be the expectations of my loved ones, my, my parentage, my community, 
and um and I don't know how mm. they, but they know that that there needs to be a change yeah. and so the frustration and anger that they don't have all the answers right fucking now and so I get to step into that energy and I get to have a fight with that and I and for a full day sometimes a day and a half for the first two layers through the challengers and the storytellers mm-hmm Will tell it will tell you the old you're gonna tell yourself the old story, you're gonna figure out a new story, and you're mm. gonna figure out that new story at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> Until you figure out what the better story, what that next story is gonna be. Yeah. If you've been a teacher, a facilitator, a sacred safe space holder, your job is to sell people to a better version of themselves. <laughs> It is. I agree. And and we do that using all the tools that we've searched for and brought in and looked for, and just all of those tools. And so we're doing that within ourselves as well. Every time we go, that's not the story I want. Let's make a better story. We renegotiate. We go to this workshop. We read this book. We listen to this music. We dance. We move. We walk. We run. We fight. We paint. We do all of these things that we have in our toolbox to cope with changing that story. So that's four layers. You got the data, you got the, the liars, you've got the challengers, you've got the stories, stories, and then you step into the, um, the shifters. Mm. It's when you feel that you see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know what direction you're heading in. You have every, all the tools you need. You might still keep gathering more just cause it's fun. And you're meeting really neat people that you get to add to your support group. You mm. meet all the neat people who become your influencers, your teachers, your coaches, your healers. And you start seeing the more you're past that 50% point. Yeah. And you get onto the other side of the, the being in it. That doesn't mean you're going to stay over there. Because the next layer, I actually paint on with metal chains. It's a handful of metal chains. And I call those the doubters. Because for every two steps forward, sometimes we take a step, maybe two steps, sometimes three steps backwards. Because with every expansion, what happens? Contraction. We feel contraction. That doesn't mean we get to stay there. But sometimes when we're there, we think, oh, no, this is my forever now. But... <laughs> stop it you know all the all the all the teachers and inspirers go stop it but it's hard yeah and we, and we go through it too i got i got a as a side note when i look for my muses and in the beginning of this as i was evolving the process i was looking for those people who made it they've made it to self-awareness and this fat ross you know expansion and no doubt no more you know they're flying and then I got pushback. Then I got pushback from people that I thought were there. And they said, what the frick are you thinking? I'm still there. I still have my days when I wake up and go, what the, who the hell do I think I am? Uh-huh. I'm still going through imposter syndrome, which is another great word if anybody wants to adopt that one for their dear shadow. Um, and... No. So if that's what you need to qualify me to stand up and be noticed and be one of your muses, I'm not playing. Yeah. I'm not going to play the game, Heather. And I said, well, wow, why was I even thinking that? Because I'm not there either. Right. And so that piece of the puzzle fell into place 
from source and, and from no from friends from muses they were like no you can't do that that's going to disqualify most of the world <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah what do you know you're right so the doubters had to be in there but there's still that vision that that sense of brilliance i know who i want to be i know who i am now I'm in flow. And when I show up, and as you well know this, Sophia, wise one, when you show up and you're in flow and you're holding that space for healing and for people to step into their power and they're starting to believe you when you're influencing them on that better version of themselves, you know that you found your purpose. You know that you found your mission and that you are right now in this present moment where you are meant to be. And that's that that last little bit of brilliance that gets sprinkled. <laughs> it sounds so silly to say sprinkled, but that word keeps coming up every time. And it sounds so goofy and lighthearted, but that's because it is. That's because it is. <laughs> it's because it is. And every piece I do ends up with this little sprinkles of starlight or, right. or blood or yeah. just like gorgeous butterflies, flowers, raindrops, whatever you see when you look at the image and you're like, mm. that's that's that that piece of me that I want to hold on to it's like almost tangible because I've been there and that's where I always want to keep getting back mm. to even after those moments of doubt I have that piece of hope that I I can visualize that because I've been there and that when people come in and they and I don't label my paintings unless on my opening day I didn't label the paintings and some of my muses had never seen their pieces before and they walked into the room and at least two of them that I know of that I hadn't shown the picture to walked right up to the piece that was theirs and said, it's this one, isn't it? It's this one. Because that's how I work. I will discern their energy of the entire journey, including that piece of brilliance at the very end, and put it on canvas. Mm. But I have to surrender to it. I have to surrender to it. And then it works. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's such a a profound practice. You know, I keep thinking you're talking about your hips and uh, the way that it works them. And all I could think when I heard you say that was like, yeah, it's what's saving them. It's like that, like the, in the like impact of pushing and perfection and like working and like pounding, um, of like all of that, that made them this like sensitive shifted structure to go into such channel of profound space and to work all of those edges and to let life force continue to come in and move those places and touch those places, um, you know, and then also the combination of that work with the care that you then give yourself, right? Because to just work it without the care isn't is not what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? Right. But to but to 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 do that and and to surrender um, into the collective knowing, like the individual sequence of each of these people, these muses that, that tell their story with you. And then your ability to drop into that channel, into that like transponder transmission has been my word for the year 
for myself and my own work is is like just like let me let the transmissions flow like let me clear the obstacles to the transmissions and really let it through and so I'm really inspired and I feel that power that clarity that command like the command of the tool that it's like a fucking dope uh, uh, satellite, right? Like you're like you catch the you catch the signal, you know. Like your impeccable signal catcher, you know. Like that's the command, like that form, that structure, um, and then to 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 receive it. So it's like to receive the transmission and to send forth the transmission. Um, it's powerful. It's powerful just to be with you in it in this way. I'm excited about seeing the work for sure. Um, yeah. Do you have something you want to say? I have a, I have a question. Um, well, I have an invitation. Okay. I'm listening. Um, I don't know you very well yet, but I get a hit that um, you've done a lot of work. <laughs> and that you're also very inspirational to a lot of people and you also heal a lot of people. So I would like to invite you to become one of my muses, Sophia. You oh. scream out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else knows this on video. Ah! Arms up above my head. Ah! <laughs> oh, Heather. Mm. Mm. The, the, the invitation is so profound because I can, I can feel it, um, which is about like amplifying the healing signals, right? Like that yeah. muse of like that part where like we really are, we're in this together. Um, maybe I'll sing you my song. Um, um, the, um, yeah, that, so that's what I hear in that is like another opportunity to, to let the healing that I have walked through that I give voice to that I walk and the prayer is to have it be of service, to have it be full in me and to have it to be, to have it be available to others, right. To like the reverb is like, my prayer is like always when I have something healed, it's like, and anyone who's like looking for an answer that this vibration can help them find, like, may they have access to it. Like always, always, always. That's always my prayer of like, it's not mine. Like my healing is not mine. It's the healing. And like any, any way. So that's what I hear. That's it's a very exciting. It's a, it feels like a privilege and an honor and an exciting way to say yes to, um, kind of being with you in that and um and myself so well thank you for being a good receiver mm-hmm. it takes a lot to allow yourself uh, the privilege of being able to say yes and i noticed that you you've discovered that asking is a thing for you i don't i was going to ask you that a long time ago but that's a whole different conversation around boundaries and stuff but that's something that a lot of people don't have access to yeah is the ability to ask for what they want Practice, practice, practice. They, have, they don't think they have permission. That's right. Of others. But um, yeah, so I noticed that you've mastered that. Yay. <laughs> it catches my attention. Now you, you have a question. And I want to make sure I address that. Well, I just wanted to. So I have two closing questions, which we're moving towards. But before we do those official closing questions, I just wanted to say, I feel like you spoke to it a number of times, but I kind of turned the conversation early on. You, I had shared my kind of my medicine story and you said, that's the heart of the Human Phoenix Project. Um, I don't know if those are your exact words, but and I just wanted to take a moment. If it's like kind of gone with the wind, that's no, no. I think it was some uh, addressing that you had with Shadow and 
um, your own internal dialogue sounds very much like what um, the Dear Shadow Letters are all about. Yes. And and really doing that self-examination uh, um, around why do I feel this way? Where is this going? What needs to happen next? What do I need? What should I ask for? Um, all of those things. And, and you had some words in there that were very rich in uh, in things that people totally associate to. And, um, I, and the book that I'm creating, I mean, yes, I'm going to throw art in it and I might actually do the manuscript as some completely separate. But have you ever watched the um, show, any of the plays uh, that are done around the vagina monologues? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, that's actually what I'm going to be patterning my uh, manuscript off of. So there'll be like 100, maybe even 200 year shadow letters that a community could uh, choose from to put together a reading. Beautiful. And then the discussion around the ones selected. Mm-hmm. And my ask around that when this is developed is that any proceeds that are put into that, like if there's a ticketed event or a donated event, that there's going to be some specific uh, nonprofit organizations or charities that the money goes to. I don't want anything from that. I just want these stories, these letters out there so that they are opening a dialogue that allows people to discuss these things we don't get to talk about, but to also hear them and feel like, wow, I'm not the only one. Yeah. It's so, huge. It's huge in this trauma, 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 healing time to be unshaming and telling our stories. It's it's a huge, huge component. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I think you did. Because okay. my, my thing was like, you started to say something earlier and I cut you off. So what was it? And I think you just did it, which was oh, that, okay. that, that, that I was talking about that what you were t- saying was that my inner dialogue of these are the fear voices, like tell me that, you know giving, giving those. I think that's really important. Two things, you know, I grew up, my mom said, grew up telling me, um, it's good to honor your dark side. If you don't, it will come up and bite you in the ass. Was our like mantra in our household was like, keep that shit out front, <laughs> you know? Um, cause like it's somewhere. And, uh, and the other thing is that the heart of, of my walk and, and my teachings, because in my own self, but then people want to hear they get to hear uh, if they hang out with me is uh is that the balm is in the wound Mm, yes oh that's a great way to put that and so we're journeying you know having they're talking about you know dear shadow we're talking about going in going into that hurt of feeling too much or going into that hurt of feeling like it's my fault i find the balm of like deep sacred well-being right which is the blessing to those fears of just being like it's it's there's a there's a wellness or and inside the the fear the anger is the clarity of the boundary of what I want to be different or what I need that I was afraid to admit you know and that's a, we, I could go into like that's the whole I mean that's the whole thing right. going down right. to all of those things that's the point is that like they're there kind of the gift of challenge right right yeah, yeah. And, and, and I hesitate sometimes when I say there's gifts in our challenge because people who are still triggered, yes. they're like, this is not a freaking gift. But you don't see it when you're in it. You have to wait that that amount of time. You have to go through right. all of that anger and that and that stuff. Um, so, yeah. There's and, no but it's, skipping was, it. Like a lot of people yeah, skip it. The anger part. A visual the other day about it's like the challenge is uh, you being pulled into it is like you're on a slingshot. And as soon as you hit 
the highest tension you can possibly take, you finally go, no freaking more, and then you go, and you launch up the other direction. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really, I do, it's like I get very, very protective of the tenderness in those spaces because again, that's where it is. Like you got to get deeper. You got to get deep enough into that wound, which means you got to respect that enough. You got to, you know, so, so being like, oh, it's a gift is like, if that's not, that's not an appropriate, when you're in it, it's, that's right. not, that that's, not that's, that's not what's happening. It's the work. It's not a gift. It's a fucking job. So you know what I mean? Like it's different. It's like the gift Here. is, yeah. So, so that piece. Um, okay. Two closing questions. Yes. Okay. The first is how do you like people to, people want to find out more? Do you hang out on social media? What's the way that you like to connect? Like this is your moment to. Great. Thank you. Um, inside of, if you're on Facebook, Facebook is like one of my favorite places just because of the freedom of, of just playing inside of that space is, um, nice. Um, I have an impact art page. So if you just look up Heather McGlass and impact art, or even if you look up impact art, there's like only two entries and I've been the most active lately. So mine's starting to come out on top. Yay. Um, if you look up the hashtag, hashtag human Phoenix project, you can pull up a whole bunch of stuff from me. Um, inside my impact art page, I actually have a group. And so write this down if you're listening to this, cause that group is going to go on forever and ever. All men. It is the human Phoenix impact forum mm. and inside that group and it's a public group but you do got to ask permission to get in i will always post replays of interviews replays of classes that i do um i'm right now doing a free four week conversation around uh hell yes f no <laughs> and so it really it, it takes care of both sides of the spectrum and everything in between around how to create a filtration system so that you know how to respond when somebody asks something of you mm. sounds like a no-brainer but really isn't <laughs> how to gracefully accept no how to gracefully give a no um i have a workshop coming up i believe it is going to be on i originally had it on mother's day and somebody goes what the hell are you thinking so it's now actually on um may 11th the day before uh, Mother's Day, which is going to be a workshop around how to create a boundary mapping system. Mm. It is something tangible, contextual. You create it for yourself, and then we have an opportunity to play inside of that so you can test it out and see what kind of power that gives you to really know where your hell yes is, where your maybe, which is really a no, and where you're, you pretty much are like, no, there's no way I'm going to do that because it doesn't honor myself, doesn't honor my commitments, and it doesn't honor my path toward my mission and my purpose. So really great, tangible, useful stuff in everyday life, relationships, work. And I, I tell you, when you learn to really have healthy boundaries, I tell people it's going to save you time, it's going to save you money, heartache, and keep your sanity. Period. <sighs> and I'm very passionate about that work. And it is something that most muses that when they're when you figure out you're in choice, you start creating those boundaries around your mission and your purpose to basically keep you on track and moving forward faster so you can serve your greater audience, your greater community, you know, do that work, do the healing work of the world. So yeah. that's it. That's me in a nutshell. Heatherclasses.com's my gallery if you want that. Uh, pretty much just throw in your hashtag, Human Phoenix Project. You'll find me everywhere. Awesome. So. Awesome. So good. Yeah. That like, you know, the, the being that I am really the only being that I am totally responsible for, right. It's myself. And so that space of the courage and the long walk it's taken to make that a worthwhile 
like care point, you know, it's like yeah. this, this being, I'm going to do this to take care of this being. Um, and I'm grateful that that results in care of everyone. Um, that's like, I'm very grateful for that. Um, okay. Final question is, it's presumptive. So it's like I get to ask you a question first, but just make sure you're really on the level with me. So the perspective that we're building a new consciousness, we're building a new paradigm, a new world, a new planet. Okay. So that's what we're doing. So the question, that's the clarity. Okay, great. So you're with me. Great. My invitation is tell us what that looks like. What does it feel like? What does it taste like? Like, what do you know about it? Like, where are we going? Help paint, right? Help paint that arrival, a sign, a taste, a symbol that that it's here. And if, if you can, which I bet no, you can. No, no, I love the question. Um, I think it's a beautiful question. Talk about it in first, in like, in present tense. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like I'm a microcosm of what I feel a macrocosm should be. And the way I'm living is holding that safe space for people to self-explore and evolve. We don't often ask enough permission to to coach or permission to listen or, you know, just really being able to create safe containers with people so they can feel heard. And I think if there was a lot more of that in the world, this would be an amazingly different place. Um, when I do the cuddle parties, I love being able to say I'm creating world peace one cuddle party at a time because it's, it's really like a, a microcosm of, of the world when you're in that safe space and you're having these conversations with people on, you know, like, who, who are you? What do you like? What do you not like? How can I interact with you? What can I do to support you in your world? Just that question alone. What can I do to support you in your world today? Mm we own that, then the whole world is just going to make that shift really easily and effortlessly. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you want to hear my song? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay. (coughs) 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 Me, me, me. Um, Let's see. Where is it? Mm. We are not separate from the clothes we wear. We are not separate when we breathe this air. Or from the ground we walk upon. Or from the heat that keeps us warm. We are in this together. 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 We are not separate from the, hmm, it's the second verse, from the ocean's waves. Mm. We are not separate from the deep, dark caves. We are not separate from the birds that fly or from the blueness of the sky. We are in this together. 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 Oh, this is what it was. We are not separate from the ceremonies or from the people and their dreams or from the 
We are in this together. And then we have one more verse. This is a, this is a remix version. And then it goes, uh, <laughs> see, uh, we are not separate from the speaking trees. We are not separate from the songs they sing. We are not separate from the bells ringing. We are the weaving of everything. Mm. Wait, wait, standing ovation. <laughs> 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 thank you thank you thank you i'm nothing without all of us thank you thank you thank you oh what a glorious time together heather thank you so much for joining us uh thank you so much for joining us i love you listener darling dear wherever you may be uh be safe be loved know that uh heather and i are here we're like here with you really a joy to be with you would be happy to hear from you always and um lean in lean back let it happen simultaneously find the place of command and surrender find the place of of courage and vulnerability and if you can take a big breath in and allow yourself to feel as loved as i know you are thank you thank you so much for listening thank you so much and thank you Sam thank you Sophia (laughs) remember everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes so go there for links for more content that you're going to love subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it and share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's knees and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.